Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for today, Monday, March 8th, 2021. My name is Will Gibson, and this week I'm joined by Sarah Bailey. And Sarah, really just starting off here, hitting the ground running, it has been a busy week for markets and really a busy past couple of weeks. Uh, busy in this case, maybe synonymous with a little bit hectic, a little bit more volatility than we've seen prior to such. We're seeing some big intraday swings from the major indices rolling really strongly negative at the open and then coming on stronger later in the day. We've seen big dispersion from some of the prior leadership technology, namely, I'll say, has taken it on the chin a few days in particular again really given some some big spreads between a tech-heavy index like your NASDAQ and then a more represented index like the S&P 500 and certainly in relation to, to the Dow Jones. So it's been a really interesting start and a really interesting couple of weeks. There's some interesting movement on the charts across the major indices that we're going to touch on today and really focus on that so we can go away with some outline support levels and maybe ways to work and think about the major indices going forward. Um, Before we hop into it, just a few macro points, and then I'm going to toss it over to Sarah. A few macro points. So amidst all the noise, all the ups and downs, all the down futures, close up for the day, et cetera. Last week, the S&P 500 and the Dow actually finished in positive territory. So S&P 500 up just under 1%, and then the Dow was up actually almost 2% over the past week. And the NASDAQ was down over 2% on the past week. So speaking to a bit of that dispersion that we've seen, some some battle in terms of leadership, at least on the near-term basis that we've seen as well over the past week, kind of manifesting in performance there. Uh, Value had a good couple of weeks and really putting a longer winning streak together. We're going to touch on that a, a little bit later today in terms of where the leadership sits there. Uh, The Qs gave its first sell signal since April of last year. So again, we're going to talk about the weight of the evidence. Uh, We're not always out on one sell sell signal and on one buy signal. We're looking at the bigger picture of supply and demand. But for what it's worth, it did give its first sell signal since April. And then on on the commodity space, I think crude oil being one story, really pushing higher as of late on production constraints or supply constraints. And then gold continuing to lose steam and breaking into its a negative trend for the first time since its June of 19 peak. So just a high level commentary on some things we witnessed over the past week. But like I said, today, we're really just going to focus on the major indices looking at support. And we're going to try to keep it simple today, starting with the S&P 500, Sarah, on the, on, on the 20 point chart here. Thanks, Will. So the beauty of these point and figure charts is that it really helps us to cut out the noise, if you will, um, when we're charting um, intraday prices. So uh, right now we're looking at the S&P 500 point and figure chart, um, which is, again, charting its intraday price movement over time. Um, And we're looking at the 20 point chart, meaning that between each box, there's 20 points per box. Um, so if you go up the side, you'll see um, 3,500, 3,520, 3,540, et cetera. Um, so when we look at this 20-point chart, um, we can see that 
the S&P hit that all-time high at 3,940 back in February. Um, it then pulled back and created a lower top um, where it then gave two consecutive sell signals. Um, so we are on that second consecutive sell signal still. Um, we can see the support was established at 3,740. And then with Friday's action, the S&P actually reversed up into X's to 3,840. And we know that because those X's are green. So that tells us that that happened with the previous trading day's action. Today, the chart is added two X's um, to 3,880. And we know that because those X's are blue. So that tells us that happened with today's intraday action. And then when we log back in tomorrow, those X's, um, if, if the charting rules of the day have, have um, been met, um, then those X's will be green tomorrow. Um, this particular chart would return to a buy signal at 3,920. Um, so that's a level that we're watching for now. Um, again, technically we are trading in two, two consecutive sell signals. Um, I mentioned earlier that 3,740 support level. Um, we also have support at 3,700. Um, so some nice support there um, dating back to um, January. Um, and we also note that this chart, um, although we've seen this near-term weakness, that it does come in, in the confines of an overall positive trend. So we can see that the bullish support line is still intact um, there at 3,520. So look, moving on to um, another major chart, um, we're looking at the NASDAQ composite. So this chart, um, I did the just did some calculations and, and since hitting an all-time high on February 16th um, through Friday's close, this has fallen um, a little over 8%. So just outside of that official correction territory. Uh, but we can see that it's similar to the S&P, we can see that, that all-time high there at 14,100. The chart then pulled back and was actually able to maintain a buy signal up until recently when it broke that triple bottom at 13,000. So the chart today remains on a sell signal. Um, we know that on Friday, this chart fell as low as 12,400, similar to those green X's. Any O action that happened with the previous day's action is gonna be red. And then today the chart did experience a bounce to 13,000. So back to where that actual, the same level where that triple bottom was broken. So it's back at that, that 13,000 level where support is now established at 12,400. Um, and this chart would return to a buy signal at 13,700. Um, and then we would need to see a move above 14,200 to hit a new all-time high. So similar to the S&P again, um, this recent price action, although um, you know has been kind of swift and, and not, uh, not that great to feel. Um, we do have, you know, new support levels now established, and um, the Nasdaq Composite 100 point chart is trading well above that bullish support line, um, just as we saw with the S and P 500. The next chart that we're going to look at is the Dow Jones. Um, so this is the 150 point chart of the Dow. So between those boxes, you're going to see 150 points separating each, um, and you can see a lot of very similar price action of all these index uh, charts over the last few months where we saw a, a high printed consecutive sell signals. Um, you know, the NASDAQ gave one sell signal, but you can see that downward price action. And this particular chart actually did um, experience a, a nice reversal up on Friday to uh, 31,500. And today we've actually seen it give a buy signal. So that happened at uh, 31,800 before it moved higher to 32,100, where it is now trading at new all-time highs. Um, so we'll see if the other indexes can, can follow through
through, um, as we've seen with this chart. Uh, but we now have a chart, uh, excuse me, support established at 30,600. Um, and then that bullish support line, um, you know, is not too far behind there at um, 30,150. So we'll see, um, again, we see very similar price action just, uh, you know, as markets have moved, um, but we have seen the Dow follow through to the upside. Um, so it is the first to do so. So we will set, you know, those alerts, um, if you will, on those on those charts, you can set activity alerts. If anything moves to a buy signal, um, you can get uh, an email. Um, and then also you can set an alert just based on price if you wanted to as well. And then the last chart I'm going to touch on today uh, is the S&P 500 equal weighted index. So this is the 25 point chart of that index. So, you know, we have the cap weighted S&P and then we have the equal weighted S&P where, um, you know, every stock within the index is given an equal vote, if you will. So it looks like just very similar to the Dow. Uh, we saw that that high at 5,600 before two consecutive sell signals were given. Um, on Friday, this chart reversed up to 5,500. And today we have seen those four X's printed. And so this chart did return to a buy signal at 5,600. And we've seen now the S&P 500 equal weight index print a new all-time high at 5,650. So really that small cap participation we've really seen um, help the S&P equal weighted index outperform um, the cap weighted index so far this year. Um, and just on this particular chart, I will say, so we now have support established at 5,350 um, with additional support at 5,125. And then again, well above that bullish support line. But well, we have seen that relationship between um, cap weight and equal weight uh, tighten, if you will. And we're watching that, that relative strength relationship cl closely. Yeah, definitely, Sarah. And thanks for those comments sticking on that kind of equal weight conversation and that rhetoric that you just brought up. Yes, we are watching that really closely and we are close to a potential inflection point, if you will. So we do a comparison between RSP, so the Invesco S&P 500 equal weight ETF, and then the S&P 500 cap weighted ETF, so SPY, SPY. And we do a rel relative strength comparison at a 3.25 scale. And looking back 20 years, we can see periods where equal weight was in favor or periods where cap weight was in favor. If you're following along on YouTube, we have a relative strength chart pulled up here. X columns are gonna tell us that equal weight was favored at the time. A column of O's is gonna tell us that cap weight was favored. So right now we're sitting in a column of O's which tells us that cap weight has been preferred or favored from a relative strength perspective. And I think this is cool to look at because this first return to O's in March of 2020, so just over a year ago when we were really in the, the deep sell-off period of following the, the coronavirus becoming more known and more realized, so March of 2020, we saw a reversal down, meaning cap-weighted was the preferred, and that has stayed up until this point. However, we're very close to getting a reversal up into Xs on this chart, which would signify uh, leadership or relative strength, if you will, in favor of equal weight. Um, so just to get a little more technical here and a little bit more granular, we're looking for three box reversals. 
And a three box reversal on this chart would come at an RS calc value of 35.949. So um, that value in and of itself is not important, but again, over time we've plotted this and we've built relative strength comparisons when we're identifying trends of price movement. So should that reverse up to 35.949, it'll suggest a favoritism or leadership for equal weight for the first time really since, since uh, following or pre the, the COVID sell-off. And we can see this, if you're following on the chart and you want to get an idea for what's going on on a more closer basis, you, you can actually see the RS calc in the far upper left. Uh, this is updated at the end of every trading day. So through Friday, we had an RS calc of 35.73. And if we put that on the chart, that puts us, I mean, hairline below that three box reversal level. To be more specific, that's about two tenths of a point off of getting that column change. So Sarah, to reiterate what you said, yes, there's been a lot of strength in cap weight really following that November announcement of vaccine and the really expectation for economic recovery since then you've you've seen a lot of strength from the equal weighted places of the market or more so risk on areas and we're seeing that here that we're very close to getting a column change we do a study on this in our report. We've gotten a fair amount of calls about when we're going to put this out. If you're following Dolly or other things, you've seen some of these cap weight um, things or equal weight, I'll say more so rotate into a place of leadership. So we are looking to put that in the report this week to feature. So make sure you're, you're looking out for that. Moving out from the equal weight cap weight discussion, I want to hit on one thing in terms of small caps. So really what we talked about today was, was a lot of big cap stuff, mega cap names so far, which were in focus a lot of 2020, really held a lot of market indices together. Small caps we know were, were really hot, really starting towards the end of last year. And even this year, they're, they've still done extremely well. Uh, year to date, we're looking at IJR right now. So the iShares S&P small cap 600 fund. Year to date, still up over 16%. We're looking at the chart, excuse me. Uh, you got multiple consecutive buy signals here. Advancing again today to print its first March action north of 110 on it, it's on its chart, which is a new all-time chart high for the name that we're looking at here. So a ton of strength there. Note in small caps, we can kind of draw the line between small growth, small value. Small value as of late, you know, past couple of weeks has been much more robust than small cap growth, but very much the two sizes at least working together to still demonstrate a lot of price strength and a lot of leadership. Going back to our main topic of support, looking at this chart here, we're going to note initial support at the 97 threshold. That was a level put in back in February. And then after that, we have some stair-stepped support at 90 and then again at, at 85. And a few just more general comments that I'm going to mention here. We also inadvertently mentioned a lot of scales today. So we talk about SPX 20 point, you know, NASDAQ 100 point, Dow X point, et, et, et cetera. And point being is you can kind of make a chart want to 
tell you what you want it to tell you for lack of better phrasing. But something to keep important is that we're really looking for an appropriate scale. And you can think of an appropriate scale being, and this was wisely shared to me a couple of years back now, that if buy signals lead to consecutive buy signals and sell signals lead to consecutive sell signals and changes in trend are indicative of longer term movements in price, those things working together can say that you probably have an appropriate scale. So that's what we we're seeking to do today is to identify appropriate scales, identify some key levels of support to work from. And a positive, if you will, I mean, Sarah was saying, and I certainly reiterate this, and perhaps those listening, it's really uncomfortable to go through some market ex ex experiences like this especially with recency bias, where seeming like last year, if you bought anything uh, by, by year end, you were probably up in, in some regard. Um, so seeing that markets can, can go down, markets do breathe, they, they do need to pull back from time to time. And again, a positive now is that maybe we're establishing some key support or a key area that we can look to going forward to say that this is a point where buyers stepped in. Uh, in the recovery in 2020, we saw pretty notable pullback in June. We saw another one in September. And since September, there's been just a lot of general breathing that we've seen. So maybe now we can put in a much more tested level of support and something that we can work from going forward. So that could be certainly a positive or a positive of the aftermath that we're seeing here. And Sarah, on that point, I don't want to go too long today. We just wanted to keep it keep it pretty general and, and pretty high level. So on that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. So we thank you all for tuning in, whether YouTube or listening on the research platform or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we encourage you to reach out if you will. And on that note, we'll talk to you later.